0: wonderful British comedy of yesteryear, Yes Minister, a wily and cynical old civil servant said to a junior one, remember, politicians love activity, it's their substitute for achievement. You know, I wonder, I wonder if that doesn't apply to a few churches around the place too. We busy ourselves with all this activity, but does it really have any impact? Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take another look at this thing called church from a different perspective and please do stick with me because at the end of today's message I'll be telling you about our special edition book. It's called How to Choose the Right Church and I'd love to send you a free copy to help make sure that you find yourself in the church that God wants you in. Today on the program, we're continuing our series called The Problem With Church Is. As God calls us into his family, as we become one of his children, what we discover is we have brothers and sisters in Christ, people who are our family, our brothers and sisters. Now, being part of a family can be difficult. Being part of a family can, frankly, be a pain in the neck some days, but it's part of God's plan. Part of God's plan is that we should be together as a family. That plan we call church. For some people, that sends a shiver down their spine. But it is part of God's plan. And if it's God's plan, then I truly believe that we are meant to flourish when we're planted in the house of the Lord. One of the reasons we don't flourish sometimes is that we get tied up doing a whole bunch of things that never actually impact in people's lives. I'm a great fan of the British comedy series I don't know if you've ever watched it called Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister one of the funniest series that was ever put on television since television was invented and in one of the episodes a senior public servant by the name of Sir Humphrey Appleby says to a junior public servant young Bernard he says remember Bernard Politicians love activity. It's their substitute for achievement. That's a fantastic line, isn't it? Activity is their substitute for achievement. Can I maybe twist that line around a little bit and say, remember, Bernard, Christians love activity. It's their substitute for achievement. What can happen in God's family, in God's church, is that we all race around doing different things, being busy and being involved in this and that and the other, and we think, wow, we've done a good job. But the only real measure, the only true measure of the effectiveness of a church is the eternal result. Have you ever been on a sporting team that always loses? I have. When I was in the Army, a cadet at the Royal Military College, Duntroon, the Australian Officer Training Academy, I was part of the the bottom-of-the-rung football team. And one winter, we didn't win a single game the whole season. It's cold. It's wet. It's sleeting, it hurts to be tackled, it's muddy, it's dirty, and week after week after week, you don't win a single game. I've got to tell you, it is not a lot of fun being part of a losing team. Yet a lot of Christians are exactly that in their churches. Are we actually involved in the business of winning, maturing, and discipling souls for Christ? Are the nets of our church straying under the weight of the catch, or are we just some dysfunctional family going nowhere? Has activity become our substitute for achievement? Because Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I'm going to make you guys fishers of men, of people. If you've got a Bible, grab it and open it up at John chapter 21. The other place you can look at this is in Luke chapters 4 and 5. But let's first go to John chapter 21. The picture here is Jesus has been crucified. He's risen again. This is the third time that Jesus appears to his disciples and they're out fishing. See, they've gone away from Jerusalem, about 120 kilometers north, back to Galilee, where they're out on the Sea of Tiberius, and they're fishing. They've been out there fishing all night, no catch. And a man called out to them from the shore. Have a listen. After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way, he gathered together with Simon Peter, Thomas the twin, Nathanael of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, Look, I'm going fishing. And they said, We'll come with you. They went out, they got into the boat, but that night they caught absolutely nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Guys, why haven't you got any fish? And they answered him, We didn't catch any. And he said to them, Listen, cast them net on the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they did. And now they weren't able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, That's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that, he put on some clothes, because he was naked. He jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, because they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards." So, the crucifixion, which was horrible, Jesus has risen again, he appears to his disciples who fled out of Jerusalem, north back to Galilee, they're out there doing what? They're out there doing what they always did before they met Jesus, they were fishermen, they were back at work because the party was over, Jesus was crucified. People were after them anyway because they'd been following Jesus. That's it. They were fishing and all of a sudden Jesus comes and they recognize him because, see, they've had this experience before. This happened to them before, back in Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 1, right at the beginning when they first met Jesus, once when Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and a crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. So he saw these couple of boats on the shore and the fishermen had gone out in them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter. So this is three and a half years before the instance in John chapter 21 we talked about. This is the first time that Simon Peter meets Jesus. So they go out in Simon Peter's boat, and Jesus sits down in the boat, teaches the crowds, and when that's done, he says, Simon, listen, let's push out into the water and let's let down the nets. And Simon answers, Master, we worked all night, but we haven't caught a thing. Well, I guess if you say so, we'll let down the nets. When they'd done this, they caught so many fish, their nets were about to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they were just blown away. I love this story because it begins with Jesus having to go out in the boat. There were so many people, he can't talk to them on the land. He goes out in the boat, and it says the crowd was, was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Let me ask you something. In your family, in your local church, where you go, Is the crowd pressing in? Is the crowd busting the doors down to hear the word of God? Tell you what, there are a lot of churches where that's not happening. There are a lot of churches where people are walking in with bored faces. They're singing songs with bored faces. They're walking out of there with bored faces. I love this. The crowds had seen the wonderful things Jesus was doing, and they were pressing in on him to hear the word of God because he talked with authority, healed people. His reputation had spread. He had rock star status. What if what if people came to our churches and were healed like that? What if people came into our fellowship and wanted to hear more? what if what if they were astounded by what they saw? What if they said, "Wow, this stuff really works. Powerful, authoritative proclamation of the gospel, truth and healing and deliverance. That's the stuff that makes God's love real in people's lives. It's the stuff that makes people hungry for God's Word. Is that happening in your fellowship? Are you flourishing in the house of the Lord or is this some kind of boring thing that happens and you go every Sunday and you don't know exactly why you go but you do it out of habit? Hey, listen, both of these occasions, Simon Peter and his mates were trying to go fishing. They were out there on the water, in the cold, in the dark, and they hadn't caught a thing. And Jesus comes along and he says, listen guys, look, look. I know you guys have been fishermen for a long time, but instead of throwing your nets in over there, come over here and throw your nets in here. And they caught more fish than they knew what they could do with. Now, Jesus was a carpenter. He knew nothing about fishing. The point is, he's the son of God. He came to make us fishers of men and of women and of children. And we need to go and slog our guts out on our own we can follow this Jesus and throw the nets in where he calls us to throw the nets in. Even though church has changed a lot recently, the fact that fewer and fewer people are choosing to be part of a church is nothing new. And even many of those who still attend are feeling less and less connected. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our special edition book, How to Choose the Right Church. God's Word is alive and active. So I'm praying that through this book, God will help you make sure that you find yourself in the right church. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at christianityworks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send your book straight out to you in the post. Again, that's christianityworks.com or 1300 722 415. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective.